0: Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wide Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Thankful you are here once again listening to the episodes. Special episode today, uh, especially in that I have a new podcast set up. Got myself a new microphone, new audio interface. I got all kinds of fun stuff. So hopefully the audio is a little bit better. Um, I finally went deep into my pockets to pay for some good equipment here. Hopefully it sounds better. And hopefully I continue to get better at podcasting myself. Um, Hopefully we got some good information. One thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to season one and start re-answering some of your questions that you guys have asked the show. So today, the first one is going to be, how do you start the conversation with someone you want to help with their anxiety. It was one of the most requested questions um, for people that don't suffer from anxiety. Um, How do I help somebody that does have anxiety? Then we're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in CrossFit right now, Um, being that this is a partially CrossFit show, functional fitness, if you will. We're gonna talk about that, and then I'm gonna go on to how the show is gonna be changing. Um, I'm gonna be changing the name of the show, gonna be rebranding a little bit here. Um, We'll still continue to talk about mental health and anxiety Um, also health and wellness in general and then some other fun stuff so here we go all right brought back an oldie but a giddy there in the music front so how do you approach someone that has anxiety if you're someone that does not suffer from anxiety it's hard to understand um, I'd equate it to uh, the camaraderie between people with anxiety, obviously not enjoyable camaraderie, but you understand each other. You've been in the trenches together. It's like firefighters or military men or, um, you know, people that are, you know, alcoholics. They, they share this common bond. Um, it's like in CrossFit as well. There's there's mutual suffrage and we understand people that um, have been through the same things as us. It's like mothers, like for guys. We can observe and we can try to help. <laughs> if you've been uh, through childbirth, sometimes the things you say does not do not help. Um, very good at that myself. But, you know, mothers, they they have this common uh, language. They have this common experience to share. And the same is, is true with people with anxiety. And so, you know, birds of a feather flock together. We understand each other. So as a father and someone that's trying to help my wife, I don't actually fully understand what she had to go through physically and emotionally and, 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 all that fun stuff with childbirth. Um, so my, my role in helping somebody with anxiety is very similar. Um, I'm not going to try to help her physically push the baby out of herself. I don't know why I'm going on this front, but <laughs> it's, it's just where I'm going, man. Um, but I am going to be there to support her. I'm not going to tell her what to do. I'm not going to say the wrong thing. I'm there to help listen, and then execute on the things that she requests. And so that helping someone with anxiety is very similar to that. And so I'll, I'm going to go over uh, what I told you guys last time or explained last time, and then I'll try to expand on that a little bit here in the beginning of the show. Um, For my approach, I can very easily tell someone that has anxiety. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an empath. I'm, I'm empathetic. But I can also read people. Um, it's one of the gifts that I've... Um, i'm luckily lucky to receive from my mother uh, among many but um that's just one thing i can kind of read people very well so what i do is i'll walk up to somebody that i didn't know was struggling um, i've done this at a gym uh, a dozen times probably um and just be like okay are you okay and then i'll kind of just sit there and nod my head and be like i'm here if you need help and um that's kind of my opening the door into helping them right it's just are you okay And if they're like, if, if they're someone that I know, I can be like, I know you are having some anxiety right now. Is there anything I can do to help you? And I don't just go into that part of it, um, with anyone, but, um, people that I know and, and I can see that they may trust that I'm able to kind of kick that door in. Um, otherwise you kind of have to tiptoe into it. And that might be a series of events over time where you like, are you okay? And the next time you see them, you're like, you okay? I, I can kind of see that you're struggling. Do you need some help? Don't try to fix what's going on with them. Um, that's probably my number one suggestion. That you can't fix it. That's something that they have to fix internally. And if you are going to be the person that um, jumps right from listening to fixing, they're going to put up a wall. So my my approach is and I'm, I'm like, are you okay? Um, do you need anything? That's That's another thing that I will ask them. Do you need anything? Um, it leaves it wide open for them to offer suggestions on what they may need, um, but it also offers the fact that I'm going to help you with whatever that may be. Um, do you need any help? It's probably the same thing, but help is different than needing something. Uh, for me, when I'm anxious, like I need space to kind of process my thoughts, and you know, over the years, me and my wife have gotten good with that. Um, you know, fortunately for me, my anxiety has been doing really well. Um, and surprisingly so, even through the, the quarantine and, you know, everything else that's been going on, I'm, I'm still been putting in the work and, and maintaining. But, you know, she would always just ask, do you need anything or well, how can I help? Um, because it, it puts it back into the person with anxiety, puts it back into their basket to pull something out to offer help. More often than not, the first few times they're going to be like, no, I'm fine. And you know, they're not fine. Um, but that's how we remain safe in those um, circumstances we just say i'm fine and we try to sidestep it um, because to be honest and this may bother some people but we get comfortable in being uncomfortable we get comfortable in the things that we do so much so that we refuse to change from time to time and this was my roadblock as i was comfortable in my routine even though i hated being in it it was comfortable because it was routine. Now I figured out after the fact, it was just the routine. It wasn't necessarily that I was comfortable being anxious. Um, but I felt safe within that routine. So I didn't really, um, open up my arms to people that would help me out. Um, just come from a place of love and compassion. Uh, people are going to read that. And if you're genuinely honest and you genuinely want to help someone, people can see that within you, right? Like if it's like, kind of shallow and you're like, man, this person's kind of bothering me and I'm going to try to be like, well, are you okay? Well, let's fix it. They're going to see that and the wall is going to come up and you're not going to be able to help them. Um, and, and the next one that I, I said previously was don't try to fix their worry. They're already working on that, right? They're working on a fix. They've, they've tried probably 150,000 different things to fix their anxiety. Um, what they simply need to know is that it's not a fixed thing. It's a management thing. How can I manage my way through this situation? And they're trying to figure that out. So um, don't try to fix, just listen. And then um, this is one sentence that I wrote down as well. It's like, I see you're worried. Can I help you at all? Do you need anything from me? I'm a good listener if you need it. And just similar uh, things like that, that you would for anybody that was struggling. Um, But that person may not offer it up, uh, uh, open it up, this the first time around but it will eventually be like yeah this person obviously genuinely wants to help me out so i'm going to let them know what's going on and you know if they don't don't take it personally it's it's on them to open that door and walk through it so simply stating that you're here for them is it, it speaks volumes and it may not seem like a huge thing but when you are someone with anxiety you you lack Um, control of your situation. And adding a person is going to be so much bigger than adding a skill because that person is going to have strength that you need to uh, lean on when you don't have strength yourself. Uh, Let And so I'll, I'll go back to speaking as someone without anxiety, speaking to someone with anxiety. Let them know that they're allowed to feel this way. There's nothing wrong with how they're feeling, right? Even if you don't know why you're worried, it's okay. And you know, it it makes a lot of sense that you feel this way. Validate how they are feeling. Uh, right, right in that situation, that person is already beating themselves up more than likely. They're already shaming themselves. Um, let them know they don't need to explain themselves to you, that you're just there to help. Um, let them know that they don't have to feel pressured to stop feeling a certain way. Um, take all the time you need and really be there for that person. Like, say, hey, if you need to sit here and wait in this area right here, I'll wait with you. Just let me know when you need to talk. And let them know that it's not a burden for you. They'll be like, no, 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 you don't have to be like, no, I, I want to. Let them know that you want to help. And then let them know that it's really okay that they're not okay. I think so often that we get, um, we pick pick up the boxing gloves when we're not okay that we beat ourselves up about it. We should and need to work through emotions. Um, I I say it pretty often on the show, but when you work through an emotion, you're more than likely going to be able to think logically. Uh, What we do with anxiety is we get this fear emotion and we get stuck on it. We try to figure it out or or we just try to ride the wave or the waves are crashing or however, we get stuck in this, this fear thing. Once we're out of that, then we're starting to think logically. I should have tried this. I should have tried that. But in the moment, it's hard to, um, process the emotion. And I'll come back around to that in another episode about how to process the fear emotion and get on to logical thinking. But again, I'm a person without anxiety speaking to a person with anxiety. Another big one is, I'm sorry you're going through this right now, but you're doing such a great job anyways. Show some empathy and then encouragement. It's like a compliment sandwich. Like, I'm really sorry you feel this way. I know it sucks, but you're doing great, right? So it's positive, negative, positive. And then the, the last thing that I'll suggest with this area is ask them, how can I better support you when you are feeling this way? Um, and again, from the management perspective of anxiety versus a cure or fixing it, um, management and offering up your help to be that person of need when they're in a situation where they feel so anxious this is what happens with me um, in a gym setting um, or at work or just socially i I can read that about people letting them know that i'm a person of support when that situation comes back around is just it's huge for them and many of the people that i've helped over the years have said that like as soon as you kind of came on board as someone that i could kind of lean on when i needed to things changed i had that with certain people in my life and now i'm that person for others um, when you add a person it's so much bigger than a skill, like I said. Okay. So that's how you can help someone, uh, when you don't yourself have anxiety, um, helping someone with anxiety. If you have more questions on that, please, please connect with me, uh, hit me up on the social medias. Currently it is at anxiety wad podcast, um, on Instagram or just at anxiety wad and then anxiety at gmail.com for email. So there we go. That is the anxiety portion of the show. Next up, we're gonna talk a little bit about what happened with CrossFit. And I'm not gonna to go too far into it because I am a third, fourth, fifth part, five, fifth party. Um, I'm not in CrossFit, I'm not part of the HQ, I'm not part of the staff, um, but I've been around and doing CrossFit for seven or eight years now. So um, I've kind of been running the gambit of the changes over the years. I've been going since 2013 and the interesting thing that I will start with is that um, the culture of your company starts at the top. And, and the company that I work for has a very, very high level five leader in this position. You know, Stephen Covey, I believe, is the one that talks about level five leaders. And they're people that are like, you know, um, Obama or um, Martin Luther King, you um, Who else? uh, Just some of those very, very good leaders that um, stand the test of time no matter what. And Greg Glassman invented something that is masterfully successful in what it does to change your body, mind, and spirit. However, he is not a level five leader. And the stories that are coming out will really explain that to you. And so when you have a toxic person at the top, eventually it's going to create these fissures in a company and the company's going to tank. And luckily the way CrossFit is set up, that may not completely happen, but that's why other companies don't last the five-year barrier. Um, the company I work for is over a hundred years old, which is like 0.00004% of companies make it over a hundred years. Um, and a variety of factors contributed to that, but the way CrossFit is set up with the affiliate model, um, it's been able to stay afloat in spite of Glassman's shortcomings. And, you know, he's, I, I don't know for sure. I don't, I'm not around the guy personally, but from what I can tell, he has um, a very unprofessional way that he speaks to employees, um, brands that they work with, and people around him in his inner circles within earshot of people that you would, you would hear something and then probably be like, man, the CEO is talking that way. And, you know, whether it's, uh, demeaning, uh, degrading towards, uh, women sexually explicit, I've heard that he's been saying that. And, you know, obviously he had the the racist blunder that uh, was on Twitter and that really started the ball rolling downhill for CrossFit. And when you have someone in leadership position like that, it's gonna come to light and, What's going on now is people are like, if Glassman's involved, I'm done, which is the way it should be. He, he owns 100%, 100% of CrossFit, and every dollar that you put into CrossFit goes into his pocket. And for me, what I, what I would like to see is have like a board and him sell to someone like Jason Kalipa, you know, someone like Ben Bergeron, someone like Rich Froning, or a collective group of people just like that that are level five leaders, you know, people that I can feel good about putting my money into their company and not have to worry about it. Um, The person that I work for, uh, ultimately, he tells me to do something, I'm going to probably assume that he's got my best interest involved. He's the reason that I moved back to my hometown. Not necessarily saying, hey, you have to move back home. But he was the one that put these little tidbits in my mind of, yeah, God, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, and it, it was just because he could see the benefit of me being around the headquarters, um, and in the hometown of, you know, whether it's the community business wise, but he was just that kind of guy like saying, Hey, you know, there's always a spot here for you, or man, it'd be great to have you involved. Or even just saying things to, um, my brothers that are involved in the company, like, Hey, is, you know, has your brother ever thought about moving back? And so, a level five leader is someone that's going to look out for the companies. He's going to communicate articulate, art, articulately. I believe. <laughs> Again, I'm Norwegian and German, so I don't know what I'm doing talking, and I'm on a podcast. But, anyways, um, he's very articulate. Um, he's clear and concise in creating this vision of where we want to go every four years or five years. I believe we create a, a, like right now we're in our 2020 vision. That's the vision of what the target we're trying to hit by the end of the year 2020. And so, you know, they, they, when you have someone with a billion dollar company and they have these flaws, the cards are going to fall. And realistically, like, again, the methodology, will stand the test of time, but people that are degrading, um, if you've read the email to the, uh, 10 year affiliate, that was the last straw for me on top of the mess of, um, the, the racist comment that, that just has no place anywhere period. And, you know, for me, it was untimely. And I, from what I've read of him, he's not racist, but it was a very wrongly timed message. Um, that's my opinion and I'm a white guy. So I'm sure that there are people out there that are probably upset that I even said that, but I don't experience Greg on a day-to-day basis. Um, should not have made the comment period full stop. Um, and he should learn to talk to people in a different matter rather than from someone it it seemed like he was up on this pedestal talking down to this affiliate about how dare you talk to me like this how dare you think that you have some say how dare you how dare you and to me it's just like what a jerk like we do we have these unwritten rules one of them is no jerks he would not last long in our company even as, as a ceo as an owner we would probably buy him out and so you know I struggled to go down the the path of the racism thing. Um, My opinion is it is a white person's problem. Black people have to put up with the racism that comes from white people. We created the problem and we have to fix it. The things that I I see that uh, are helping right now is you have people like Easy Muhammad, um, Adrian Conway, other people getting on these podcasts and saying, here's how you can help. I'm all for getting educated. Um I grew up playing sports. Um I've been around uh people of color of all colors my whole athletic career and it was out of sight, out of mind. I i never was in the point or in a um an environment where it was like an issue, right? Obviously I'm a white guy. I didn't I don't notice it like like people of color do, but it was something that was just not in my life. Now, I'm from rural uh, west central Minnesota, but I would play on these um, all-star teams and and summer league teams. And there was one time that like I was like one or of uh, two or three white guys on the team. And, and to me, it was just like I was playing sports with my friends. Uh, we went to Arizona for BCI. It's, it's kind of like AU, but it's just a different different division of that. And um, we played L.A. Watts and we were just these white kids from Midwest and we ended up like hanging out with them after the game and talking to them about stuff. And so for me, and again, I, I, like I said, I live in West Central Minnesota, so I'm, I'm you know, rural America. Yeah, it's just, it just wasn't a part of my life. And so what I'm doing today is I'm I'm educating myself on what I can do further to be involved and and try to help make a change. Because the the one thing that I I was like nodding my head to, I don't even know who said it, but um, they're talking about like the minimum barrier for entry is to be, to matter and be equal, not greater than, equal and matter. Which is just such a crappy thing, man. Just because of the color of your skin. You're trying to fight for, like, to be equal as another person. And then this person said, we should be thankful that they're not looking for revenge. Which is very powerful. Just to matter. Not taking revenge. Which, for, for this person, I'm sure there's people that would like to take revenge, but for this person, I was like, that is very admirable trait. What what grace to say, yeah, you're treating me terribly and you're treating people that look like me terribly. We just want to be equal. We want to matter. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to educate myself. I'm trying, especially within the space of the CrossFit community right now because that's, you know, the space that I'm in. Um, the other things that I'm doing is we're talking about it with our kids. Um, it, racism is not something you were born with is a learned trait. It comes from the home or it comes from as you get out of your home, the people that you hang around. And so what I can do is I can influence my kids to the point of saying, you know, we're never going to say these words. We're never going to say these things, but we are going to look at people that look differently than us in the same light. We would look at ourselves in a mirror. We're going to lift them up. We're going to treat them the same. If we see something, we're going to say something. And if need be, we're going to do something, whatever that may be. Now, that's more my trait. Like, I, I can't not step in and do something. I've never been across that. But I would have a hard time watching someone be racist to another person and not step in as, as a giant white dude. I'm, I'm going to be in the middle or try to break it up. It's just unfortunate that it, that is, uh, that's going on in 2020, man. Um, but again, I, I'm focusing on my sphere of influence and the people I come across in a day to day. I'm not a social media influencer. I have a podcast and that's about the extent of my reach online. But what I can do is influence the people that I come across in my day to day. And that's what I focus on. Now, should things change where I have a larger reach then yes, I will be doing more because that is one of my values is treating people like I would want to be treated. It's the golden rule. It's the most simple and basic thing that you can do to another human being is treat them how you would want to be treated. You know, my, my son and I, we talk about, he he has a giant heart like me and he's very, um, He's very empathetic. He can he can absorb other people's emotions very quickly. When he sees stuff on TV with people getting mad, he doesn't like it. When he sees people cry, he'll cry, which is fantastic. He's very in tune with his emotions, but he's sensitive, and so what he, what can happen is when he gets picked on, he takes it very very hard. And so um, when him and his sister will fight, I go to, you know, do you think that that would feel good if if she said that to you, or if she did that to you, and then he understands. And so a little bit of this teaching our our kids about um, treating people equally is figuring out how the message is getting it across. You know, my daughter, I talk completely different than my son because they're completely different people. And, you know, getting to know them and and getting to know what's gonna hook in and and stay in their brain um, is very important. And so what, what you do today with your kids, it, it, you know, it'll, it'll help, but just through repetition, it's going to create these values that they have and these beliefs that they have, because both are not uh, like, you're not born with those, they're learned traits. So, yeah, you know, it's, and it's hard for me to get into that stuff because again, my experience is completely different than someone that lives in Minneapolis or someone that lives in atlanta or in the south like i can't imagine like i just i just can't imagine so for me my only suggestion is treat people how you would want to be treated period full stop i'm sweating a little bit on that one i just i get pissed off with that one it just frustrates me but let's talk about something more uplifting which is a nice segue into what we're probably gonna name the podcast. Um, and it's gonna be called The Uplifted Pod- Podcast. It's gonna take me a while to get used to that one, but The Uplifted Podcast. We're gonna talk about positivity. Um, but what my mission is, is to lift others up. And through my work in coaching people through anxiety, through my work in coaching people physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Um, everything I'm trying to lift others up and so um, with the recent changes in CrossFit I'm getting kind of moving away from the wad part and the anxiety wad I did talk about uh, expanding the podcast and and this is just the next step in it I wanted to make sure that things were able to do so and I'm still iron out the details Um, but feel free to send me your thoughts and some feedback on that and again it's the uplifted podcast and I'll be sending out like the um, information on that uh, through social media once I get the changes finalized. I'm working on a logo. I'm working on the website, which is basically just going to be um, updating the current website and changing the URL uh, to uh, UpliftedPodcast.com. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to continue to talk about functional fitness, CrossFit, anxiety, depression, mental health and then whatever else you guys want me to talk about. And, you know, the other aspect of my life is, you know, being a dad and a husband or, you know, my history of professional sports. I can always get into sports. Um, I do work on the side with helping kids get prepared for college. I haven't really talked about that much, but for college sports, I have three guys currently that I'm working with on getting ready for uh, fall football camp. Uh, so i can go into that kind of stuff too and if you guys are interested again just currently it's anxietywad at gmail.com um, or you can just submit a question to anxietywad at uh, .com. yeah there's a question form right in there that you can use so yeah on top of that right now uh, physically what i'm doing is i've been doing uh 30 days of running i actually missed yesterday because we we're traveling back from vacation um but then tomorrow um i start i think phase three um, of functional lifting with CrossFit and running so let's see how my body handles that uh, What I'll do is I'll probably run in the morning or lift in the morning and then CrossFit in the evening And then at, right after that I'll get in the ice bath kind of cool off all my metal joints uh, decrease some flame um, Bring the temperature of my body down see how everything goes with that but um, I'll keep updating you guys on that progress uh, once we got back from Hawaii, I think I was at like 225, 226, uh, put on some weight. Uh, I think I'm back up to 235 now. That's just because, you know, with quarantine hitting, I just, I was like, you know what? I, I hit it hard for a good solid 90 days. I'm going to take a break and, well, it's time to wrap it back up. So my goal, honestly, is probably about 220, 215, just for a number. Um, I don't know if I'll get there. Last time at 225 I was about nine percent body fat so that's pretty lean for me um but you know my my goal honestly was just to have abs again when I was in college I was I always liked my abs and so at 42 now um you know I got gray beard no hair I think it'd be kind of cool to have some abs again so and it's really it's just aesthetic it's kind of it seems shallow but it's just like you know what I know how I'm gonna feel if I get to that point and so that's a simplified goal there's more to it and if you guys want to hear about it let me know I can I can draw it out and explain uh, much more about it you know I got some dings here and there still that I want to uh, rehab and PT so the functional lifting is more of like accessory work and multi-joint movements versus just um, isometric bodybuilding movements now there are some of those things that I do at the end um, and so what I'll do is I'll work multi-joint to single joint Uh, movements throughout the the workouts because you want to start big and then go to small and then the afternoon um, depending upon how my body feels that's what I really uh, pay attention to is how I'm feeling Um, that will determine how hard I hit a crossfit workout so I'll go more into that later on in another episode but for now I think that's good guys gals ladies and gentlemen children of all ages thank you for joining me have yourself a peaceful morning afternoon, or evening. Keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out. I promise. We'll see you later.